When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Monday night, this is uh, one week in the books here of Lakers basketball. Last week when we did this, we had not started yet, and uh, three games in the books. Uh, still no W for the Lakers. We got a lot to get into. Uh, why the Lakers are sitting 0-3 uh, at this point. The biggest storylines from the week uh, what the Lakers are going to do around all this attention with Russ. The latest on the trade front. I saw some stuff earlier uh, in the week. Something from Woj. Something on uh, from Shams that just talks about potential scenarios for the Lakers. Um, and I uh, want to also welcome in Jovan Buha. Coming up at about 7.30 of The Athletic. We'll get his thoughts on the first week of Lakers basketball as well. Um, as always, always uh, enjoy talking Lakers basketball. Laker fans out there. So if you're out and about, you're driving around listening on the ESPN LA app. However you're tuning into us, 877-710-ESPN. You could always shoot me a call. You could also hit me on Twitter at Alan Sliwa. 0-3 Laker fans. That's the start for the Los Angeles Lakers, 0-3. Let me just kind of – let me recap the week here real quick, okay, because I think there's certain losses and, you know, certain games on the schedule. You could tell right out the gate. You're like, I'll be surprised if the Lakers win that one. That, to me, was the first game against Golden State Warriors. Um, The Lakers, first off, didn't play all that well. They found themselves – I know at the end of the first uh, half, they're only down seven, but it was misleading. They should have been down by a lot more. Um, The Warriors, that's just the class of the NBA. There's different classes in the league. And they're definitely, definitely in their own league with just a handful of teams that are up in that, you know, caliber. So losing to the Golden State Warriors in your first game, a new head coach, a lot of new faces. Yes, LeBron, AD, and Russ, they're there. But for the most part, you got a lot of new faces. And even LeBron, uh, AD, and Russ, they only played 21 games together last week. That continuity, um, there, there really isn't continuity, I think, right now at this point. Okay, then you got the Clippers on Thursday night. That's another team. If I if I want to just kind of sit back and make excuses, which I'm sure Laker fans are not interested in hearing, but for the sake of um, for the sake of trying to be fair to the Lakers, let me make some excuses, and then you know we can get into it from there. Um, the Clippers. That's another team that you could look at and say, all right, they're incredibly deep. They got a lot of good players. They got a chance to be one of the teams that comes out of the Western Conference. Now we'll see what happens. I think sometimes you could almost have too much depth. Okay, what guys are you going to really depend on? Um, everybody buy into the system. We'll see what happens with the Clippers. But the Lakers played them on Thursday, and we're actually in the game. If it wasn't for um, awful shooting by the Lakers from a number of players, I know, what was it? If you took Russ, Kendrick Nunn, and Patrick Beverly, I think they were 1 for 25 from the field. 
one for 25 from the field. That's how bad those three players were, shooting percentage and everything else. But you had a game. You know, in the fourth quarter, there was a point where you thought the Lakers actually might win the game. There was a highlight play with maybe six, seven minutes left. Braun gets a block on PG. Austin Reeves gets it, throws up a an alley-oop to Lonnie Walker, and Lakers have a two-point lead. Um, but they couldn't hold on to that lead. And, you know, before you kind of walked away, you're like, all right, 0-2. It's not the biggest surprise or shock. I think a bigger surprise is if Lakers split those first two games. And then you had yesterday against the Portland Trailblazers. So yesterday against the Blazers, they had no business losing yesterday to the Portland Trailblazers. None. And if you want to ask the question of why are the Lakers sitting 0-3, I think everybody uh, – let me use this as an example. Earlier today, I'm doing the show with Travis. There are a lot of different narratives – when John came in for Super Crosstalk, he basically was like, look, their three-point shooting is so bad, and it is, 21%, um, that that there's no reason why they should be in any of these games for how poorly they're shooting from the three-point line and the fact that they keep taking threes. I want to say they had one game 40 attempts, another game 45, another game 33. Yesterday was, I think, the game that they had 33 attempts against the Blazers. So they keep shooting it knowing that they're not hitting any of these shots. They're 21% from the three-point line. Um, everyone could you know, kind of find an angle of why the Lakers are sitting at 0-3. I thought the game against the Blazers, it was as simple as, okay, you can have a bad shooting night. You can have um, you can have poor decisions. You can have maybe some questionable coaching calls, but you're up seven with two minutes left to go. You got veterans that are there. You got players who've been in the NBA for a long time. Close out the game. I don't think anybody's asking for too much here. Close out the game against the Portland Trailblazers. We all know how difficult the schedule is for the Lakers here over um, the first couple of weeks of the season. You, you don't really have a margin for error, and they let a Portland Trailblazers team steal a win at crypto.com yesterday and uh, here are the Lakers you know obviously sitting 0-3 now however you want to point out what the problem is with the Lakers through the first three games for me it's much more specific to the game yesterday because that one was a legitimate hey you should have won this game how did you end up losing however you want to point it out the I guess you could say the attention and the uh, what's the best way to put this? It reminds me a lot of last year. Let's put it that way. Now I know the roster is different. I know, um, you know, obviously the the veterans that were here last season, the Carmelos. We started the season. Rondo was here. DeAndre Jordan was there. Dwight Howard was there. Trevor Ariza. I know the, the Lakers obviously got rid of a lot of those players, and I actually. I think it's unfortunate that they're 0-3 because I think there are some good stuff that the Lakers have done on the defensive side. I think there is some real opportunity. I'm a fan of Darvin Ham. Um, They can't hit a shot if their life depended on it. But the attention is continuing to go in one direction. The attention continues to go. I mean, over these first three games, there is so much chatter and conversation about Russ already, right? Like there's... Take take yesterday's game as an example. There's no way you can kind of avoid this. Russ doesn't play through, um, plays through the three quarters, and then fourth quarter he's benched and comes in around the 440 mark, 430 mark, something like that. I might be off, but, but he comes in some point in that four-minute mark. 
and he's in the game, and the defense is – when I say they're not paying attention to Russ, I'm talking about they're not paying attention to Russ. I'm talking about there is not a defender within – 10 feet of where Russell Westbrook is. And, of course, you're noticing that over the final stretches of the game. And then Russ, we all know now, takes that ill-advised shot with, what, there's maybe 30 seconds left on the game clock. Um, There is 18 seconds on the shot clock. Lakers have a one-point lead. He said it was for two for one, and it really made no sense. It was just a, a really, really bad decision by Russell Westbrook in that moment. And that's the only moment we really kind of take from the game. And that's the entire conversation from today about that Lakers loss. Not how poor the Lakers executed in the final two minutes. Um, not I, I would throw this in there as well. Darvin Ham even subbing Russ in. Was there a need to do that? Was there? Are you doing that to just appease Russ? Or are you doing it because you thought, hey, this guy gives me the best chance to close out the game? Um Game prior against the Portland Trailblazers, Russ struggles. He went 0 for 11 from the field. I think 0 for 6 from the three-point line. That was the only conversation we're having was after the game was how poorly Russ played. And that just seems to be the theme over these first three games so far for the Lakers season. And I just bring that up because it's a lot of similarities to what it was last season when it comes to that. And And what I'm referring to there is – you want to be able to talk about a lot of these games of just, okay, Lakers won, this is why they won. Or Lakers lost, and this is why they lost. That is so far from the conversation now. It just seems like everything, all that energy keeps going towards Russell Westbrook. What did he do? Did he do this right? Did he do this wrong? Everything seems so magnified. Every single moment seems so magnified. And everything is obviously revolving around Russ. And, I, you know, I... I kind of feel a couple different ways about this. The amount of attention that he's getting, and especially now that the Lakers are sitting 0-3, and by the way, they're not 0-3 just because of Russell Westbrook, all right? They're not. And if you think they are, I don't think you're watching some of these Laker games. Um, the, The question is, is just how big of a distraction one individual player has become around this franchise. Um. I was trying to, you know, kind of prepping for the show today. I was saying to myself, I'm like, okay, how can we, how can we look at Russ and look at kind of what he brings to the table every single night? How much of a distraction? How can you weigh the positives and the negatives? It's no secret. The Lakers obviously spent the off season trying to see if they could work out a deal for Russ. Um, I don't think it's any secret that we all know that that front office would prefer finding a trade partner. And I'm sure Russ would prefer, can't speak for him, can't speak for the front office. I'm just assuming here that Russ would love to find a trade partner as well. And the both sides can just kind of go their, um, go their separate ways and you just kind of reset everything. Russ can reset as a player and the Lakers can reset as an organization. Um, there's no secret that any of that stuff has gone through their mind and I'm sure goes through Russ's mind on a day-to-day basis. I want to do this when we come back. I know the Lakers are 0-3. And unfortunately, the only conversation that just won't go away is what the Lakers do with Russ. I I think there are three things that can be done when it comes to Russell Westbrook. And, you know, I guess the best way I could put it Lakers are going to have to figure out one of these angles, and hopefully it's sooner than later because 
I think where this team is sitting right now and the amount of attention that's going towards Russ, and really, he's not much of a factor on the court. He's just not. So it'd be different if Russ was a player that was providing everything that you needed when he was on the floor. He was playing a specific role, that he wasn't a distraction, that it wasn't A, B, C, or D. And I'm going to keep putting my hand up when I say this. He's not the only reason why the Lakers are 0-3. There are other reasons why. And if you think it's just Russ, I really don't think you're watching Lakers basketball. However, that whole situation with Russ is not helpful. So let's do this when we come back. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. There are three things that the Lakers can do with Russ. We'll go over it when we come back. Uh, Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, quick shout-out. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, one of our partners here on Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for a location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Um, Lakers got a three-game road trip or two-game road trip coming up. They got three games this week uh, in total at Denver, at Minnesota, home against Denver. So um, certainly it's not going to get much easier for the Lakers. Um, Listen, I'm I'm trying to throw out scenarios here. I think there's only – I hate that there's so much attention going to one player. I just hate it. And I'm sure the organization hates it. I'm sure Russ hates it and wish it wasn't like this. And I know Laker fans feel the same way. I just want to I want to talk about the Lakers competing and trying to get back into that playoff picture and compete for a championship. And right now that seems pretty far-fetched at the moment. One of, one of three things, in my opinion, can happen right now with all this attention that's going towards Russ. One thing that can happen is you just continue to play him. So let me just take, let me use as an example these first three games. Russ is in the starting lineup. He's getting pretty good minutes. And he's in in critical situations in the game like he was in this uh, in this past game against the Blazers. My preference is if you're going to play him, have it 100% based on production. So I didn't think yesterday there was a reason to bring Russ back in. Uh, since he hadn't played the entire fourth quarter, maybe Darvin Ham is saying to himself, look, this is uh, a former MVP. This is early in the season. I don't want to lose the guy. Let me bring him in and see if we could close this thing out. And, and it backfired. And it wasn't just Russ coming in. It was trying to run the clock out without really running any plays. Now, you could make the case, well, what plays are you going to run when you got a guy – like Nurkic, who's sitting in the middle 15 feet away from Russell Westbrook and basically just um, begging the Lakers to shoot dumpers, and they did. Uh, Patrick Beverly took a 26-footer. Braun took a 25-footer, 26-footer, whatever it was. Russ ended up pulling up, like I said, with 30 seconds left, taking the jumper. So the Blazers kind of got exactly what they wanted. So one thing that the Lakers can do at this point with Russ is don't change anything. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I don't know if that's the best strategy, if I, at least for me, if you're going to have Russ 
be in the lineups, make sure you're using him when you feel like it's necessary. And if there's another guy playing better than him, then you know what? It's just too bad. Rush should be on the sidelines. That's one thing you could do. Another thing you could do, which is, you know, my my partner that I do the show with in the morning with Travis Rogers, he has continued to say, why don't you just send him home? Why don't you have him not part of the organization? Um, You know, that way all that noise just quiets down. You can start using players that you think you're probably going to use as the season progresses. And uh, it's not going to, or at least it shouldn't, kind of take away from some of your trade value. Most anybody who's going to trade for Russ, they're not looking to get Russ and put him in the lineup and have him play 65, 70 games or whatever the case is whenever he got traded. They want Russ because it's more of an expiring contract and you could get some potential draft compensation on top of it. The only other thing to do after that is obviously trade Russ. Here's, Here's the one thing that whatever the Lakers decide to do, and I'm sure that front office obviously has a plan. I mean, hell, they had the entire summer to try to figure this thing out. And if they didn't do it, I'm assuming it's because teams know that the Lakers need to trade Russ, want to trade Russ, and they were probably trying to fleece the Lakers. No one's trying to help the Los Angeles Lakers. We know that. Um, the question it comes down to is, do you have time to wait Because there was a report from Woj. This was, I want to say, late last week. I'm going to read some of it. Um, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that a trade involving Russell Westbrook isn't likely until after Thanksgiving. Kevin O'Connor wrote this on The Ringer. That's around the same time that Dennis Schroeder, who at at this point, okay, just just goes back to Dennis Schroeder coming back from his thumb surgery. Um, But the key point here is, that Woj is talking about probably not until after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, as I load up the Lakers schedule right now, you're talking another 30 days at minimum. Okay, how many games between that? Three, there's another. You got probably another 10, 12 games. Spurs is uh, 15 games there, 16, 17, 18. You got about 20 more games if you could take it through November. The Lakers have that much time. Do they have that much time to kind of kick back and wait? Again, and I'm, I'm going to go back to this. If that's what's in the best interest of the organization, then you know what? You got to do what's in the best interest of the organization. If if it does not make sense to trade Russ because what teams are asking back for in return, and Sham Sharania had something that I'll get into, which actual, you know, a, a trade um, – some interest in a specific player from a specific team. I'm not asking the Lakers by any stretch of the imagination. I know Laker fans aren't as well saying, hey, make a bad move that doesn't make sense for the Lakers. Nobody's nobody's saying that that's what they should do. But if you're if you're talking about that Thanksgiving window, that Thanksgiving time frame right there, you're talking that you're probably 23 games in, somewhere around there. Let's say you're 20 games in. Okay, 20 games in is 25% of the season. Laker fans, I don't have to tell you guys. I, I, I could actually honestly say I don't know the first W for the Lakers at this point because at Denver is a really tough game coming up on Wednesday. They're a good team. At Minnesota, should be a tough game. I saw something earlier today. I don't know. The Timberwolves are getting, I think, blown out by the uh, uh, by the San Antonio Spurs. So that could be the case in that one. Yeah, Spurs won by nine. So Timberwolves are 2-2. Two and two. Maybe there's an opportunity against the Timberwolves there. 
that um, that wasn't there before. We'll see what eventually happens. But you're at Minnesota. Every team gets up to play the Lakers, and it's not like the Lakers are playing flawless basketball. So um, at Minnesota or at Denver will be tough. At Minnesota will be tough. Then you're home against Denver. Then you're home against the Pelicans. All four of those teams that I just mentioned were all teams that were in the playoffs last year. Do I think the Lakers are going to start out 0-7? I'd like to think that they're not. Okay, let's say they start out 2-5. and Let's say, you know, best case scenario through the first 15 games, you have your 7-8. and eight. And that's me being way optimistic and just assuming that they're just going to stack up Ws against teams that they're probably not going to, you know, that they won't be favorites to beat. Let me put it that way. I mentioned that when I talk about the time, how much time do the Lakers have? That's a serious, that's a real question. The real question, you know, when it comes down to looking at when you make a decision and how many L's are you potentially, um, how many uh, L's are you stacking up in the process? That is a concern. That is definitely, you know, a worry for the Lakers that um, uh, you, you, you kind of want to pay attention to. And the scenarios that they have in front of them, they don't really have time to their advantage. Like I said, in the Western Conference, it's already such a tough, you know, challenge in front of them. You don't want to dig yourself too deep of a hole. And there might be a scenario where, you know, whether you want to see that or not, a hole might be dug either way. Let me grab a quick call here because I do want to end up going to uh, Yovan Buha, the athletic. He's going to come up next. Uh, Daniel in Santa Monica. What's going on, Daniel? Hey, what's going on, Al? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. Um, you know, just real, real quick, just a couple points on kind of, you know, I, I'm right there with you, man. I wish we could talk about X's and O's and talk about basketball and maybe, you know, some, some adjustments and this and that. But I think the reason why we can't is because we're just fundamentally flawed, not only at a bat, from a basketball standpoint, but I think it's so flawed that it runs deeper. Um, you know, I hate to say it. Look, I've been watching the Lakers for 20-plus years in the NBA, and it just feels so like New York Knicks. You know, like LeBron, I guess, I guess wanted Westbrook here, da-da-da. But don't we have a general manager who makes the, the last decision and should know better about, hey, this is not a good fit. We got this other deal on the table. This is going to work. You know, there's, there should be some kind of, like, front office competence and oversight to avoid these kind of disaster situations that we're kind of in. And my, my last point is that I feel like, you know, I don't think we should really make a, make a big trade because I guess it doesn't necessarily put us, you know, where we might want to be or maybe we don't rush to do that. But I kind of feel like, again, a way to fix this fundamentally is for the front office to put their big boy pants on and be like, look, stay home because you've already proven to us in three games that you're not a team player. You have a social responsibility to your teammates. You're talking about hamstring strains because you're coming off the bench. You're, you're disrespecting the game and your teammates by saying that kind of stuff. Stay home. Let's ride with the guys that had an eight-point lead going into – I mean, I watched that whole fourth quarter. I was so bummed when, when we went, you know, just – because of, I guess, whatever, like, you know, just lineups and minutes and this and that, where we had to throw them back in at the end. And I, I was watching my buddy, and I was like, man, this lead's going to go away because I just think – and it wasn't just about him, right? It wasn't just that one shot. But from an energy standpoint, he just kind of it, – it's just – it's not working, you know? And so, so, Danny, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. I'm, you know, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. I'm going to jump in, and it's a good call. So I appreciate you calling in. I think the, you know, Knicks of the West, I mean, trust me, uh, Lakers are nowhere near that franchise. You go look at the history of the New York Knicks, and um, 
you know, when's the last? I think they've been in the playoffs once since the 2013 2014 season. Uh, their last championship was. Uh, I might be wrong here, but I literally think it was the Phil Jackson days. It was something like that. It was it was that long ago. It was the last Knicks championship. So uh, Lakers nowhere near that. But I kind of I get what you're trying to get at. Um, listen, I, I I've asked this from the beginning, and I, I'm a big fan of Darvin Ham. I really am, and maybe. Uh, I like his makeup in the league. I like how he came up in the league. I like how the type of player he was, and I think he really understands that roll up your sleeves and just freaking grind and go to work. I like it. I like his history in the coaching pedigree so far to get where he's sitting. Um, He should feel absolutely no um, pressure or no – there's nothing that should – dictate whether Westbrook should be in there for what Westbrook has done in in his past career. Nothing should happen this point forward, I think including yesterday's game, to say, well, I should appease Russ in this situation. I hope he doesn't do that. I really don't because I think it will hurt the team if he does do that. All right, Jovan Buha, The Athletic, he's coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Lakers start the season off 0-3. They got three games this upcoming week at Denver, at Minnesota, and then home against the Denver Nuggets. I want to welcome in Jovan Buha. Does a fantastic job covering the Lakers and the NBA for the athletic, Jovan, uh, always appreciate you joining the show, buddy. I, I want to just start off getting your thoughts. Um, 0-3, uh, some good, some bad. Can you just give me some stuff that has stood out to you so far? Uh, it really, uh, anywhere you want to go with this on the Lakers' first three games. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think there, there's been a lot of uh, negative talk lately, and I, I want to start with the positive. I think that the Lakers' defense has really stood out uh, they, they have the number two ranked defense in the NBA uh, in terms of, you know, by, by defensive rating. And I think since day one, Darvin Ham has really preached defense, defense, defense. And the, the first few days of training camp were all defensive drills and, and defensive walkthroughs and really just, you know, ironing out the basics of his defensive system. And I think you've really seen that. And, you know, the, the Lakers, I think on paper, don't have a, a great defensive team. I, I wouldn't say that they have you know, the, the second best uh, group of, of defensive personnel in the league. Uh, and of course it's a small sample size. So we'll, we'll see if they maintain this, but as of right now, you know, I, I think I've been really impressed with their scheme, with their ability to uh, force and, and, and generate turnovers. Uh, you know, anytime a ball handler is putting the ball on the floor, uh, driving towards the paint, they, they've just got guys swarming them and, and poking at the ball and kind of collapsing on them. And uh, I think the rotations have been impressive. So I, I want to, you know, I, I want to highlight the defense first and foremost. I, I think that's something that's been encouraging. I, I think the other thing is LeBron and AD have both looked really good, you know, and I think in, in a macro sense, like if we look at the big picture with the Lakers, uh, you know, they needed LeBron and AD to be at a certain level 
for them to have any chance. And of, of course, those two got to stay healthy, and that's something we'll, we'll see throughout the year. But I think so far so good on, on that front of you know LeBron has been LeBron, and AD I think has, has resembled the AD we saw a couple years ago during the title season. As for the bad, I think the the Russell Westbrook fit has been as bad as as it was last season, if not worse. You know he, he's four for twenty six over the last couple games, tying his own record uh, per ESPN stats and info for the worst two game uh, shooting stretch for a Laker. Uh, over the past 50 years. So Jeez. anytime you're tying your own record for the worst shooting, um, you know, that, that's pretty bad. But I, th- I think they, they have a rust problem right now. To, you know, to, to, you know, I really don't know how to frame it any other way. Like, um, he, you know, he obviously took that shot with, with just under 30 seconds left uh, that, that clanked uh, in transition. And, um, you know, he said he was going for two for one, but that didn't even really make sense because they were up by one. And if anything, you want, you want to milk the clock there. Um, and get it so uh, Portland gets one shot at most. Um, so him taking that, that jumper just didn't really make sense. But I think a bigger problem has been the way that teams have been defending him, especially late in games. You saw the Clippers put Vita Zubats on him, and the Blazers put uh, Yusuf Nurkic on him. And it's really just you know derailing the Lakers' offense. And those guys are uh, you know basically hanging out in the paint and. LeBron and AD can't really do their thing. You, you can't post AD. You can't run pick and roll. And Russ has not been able to beat those guys off the dribble or hit shots from the perimeter. So uh, it, it's really just been like the Lakers are playing four on five offensively uh, when Russ has been out there in, in these crunch time scenarios. And, you know, also we talked about the, the defense looking good. Well, their offense is ranked 30th in the NBA. So the offense has been the exact uh, opposite, and I, I think a, a big part of that has been just the, the limitations of Russ and, and how teams are guarding him. So um, I think through three games, I mean, and then of course zero and three, you don't want to start in a hole in the West. The West is so loaded. You look at how many teams are already above five hundred. Like the, the Lakers are already in a mini hole, and, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. So uh, I think for them, there is some pressure to just try to figure this out as soon as possible because they can look up a week from now and easily be one and six or zero and seven mm. with the way their next four games are. Jovan, I'm, I'm curious. So I, I think everybody would agree with you that just the, the Russ conversation, it almost, it kind of just reminds you that nothing changed from last year. It's almost like the season didn't end last year and we just started this season and that, that has just continued. What happens? What do you do? Because I, I, you know, I was just laying out. There's three options really for the Lakers. One, you continue to play him, and you know, hopefully, just make decisions based off of not feeling. I, I don't know what Darvin Ham felt yesterday that hey, I got to put this guy in, or he really felt for defensive purposes this is the right guy to have in. But we see what it does to the Lakers on offense. But a, you keep using him just the way that you are. B, you send him home and just decide, you know what, this is just not working and there isn't a solution to this. So let's just have, let's just go our separate ways. And then if we find a trade down the road, we find a trade down the road. Or C, you actually do trade Russ. What do you think the Lakers do in, in the spot that they're in right now? Do you think, what, what of those three scenarios do you think are most likely in the near future? Uh, I think the, the most likely would be benching him. Um, at some point soon, and then potentially sending him home. Um, I, you know, from, from my understanding, they are kind of targeting the Thanksgiving range as when they're seriously going to 
pursue trade opportunities with Russ. Like there's a chance something happens sooner than that, but you know, typically um, teams want to give it the first 20, 25 games to, to really see where they're at. You never know what teams uh, could underachieve and, and potentially have, you know, a star or, or even, you know, just role players become available that previously weren't available. You know, like right now, for example, you know, in the beginning of the season, everybody's optimistic about their chances, but if a team that had playoff ambition starts five and 15, well, all of a sudden, you know, maybe they're pivoting and, and looking at, Hey, you know, star X, we, we don't know if this guy really fits uh, or, or, you know, role player X. Um, now this guy's available. So I think that the Lakers are trying to remain patient and, and, you know, I, I think they understand that waiting until the trade deadline is probably not the wisest move because at that point you're, you're you know, 50 games into the season and, and maybe the damage is done. Uh, and who knows, maybe the damage is done 20, 25 games in anyway. But I think kind of they're going to give it another month or so realistically, uh, unless there's just an amazing offer uh, within the next few weeks. So I, I suspect, you know, I, I think the best thing to, you know, would be to bring Russ off the bench. Uh, it's something that Darvin Ham obviously dipped his, he, he dipped his toes in the water with that and, and then kind of backed out. But, um, you know, I just think the, the starting lineup has not been good. Uh, they've been averaging 75 points per 100 possessions, which would just, you know, it, historically awful. Like that, that, that is, it, it's difficult to put a lineup out there that is scoring at, at that, you know, bad of a level. So I think you got to mix it up. Like Lonnie Walker has played well. Patrick Beverly, we know, is out there for his shooting and defense. Hasn't shot the ball well, but I think that's going to progress to the mean. So really, I'm looking at that Russell Westbrook spot as, you know, bring him off the bench, have him be the sixth or seventh man, let him get some, you know, run the second unit offense, get some reps with AD, and, and you know, just kind of do his thing in 20 minutes a night. And uh, if he continues to struggle, then, you know, maybe you reduce those minutes, maybe you do send him home. Uh, but right now, the the playing 30 minutes a night, the starting, the closing, like, the Lakers are really just, you know, hampering themselves. And, um, you know, I, I think it's too early to, to, to put this on, on head coach Darvin Ham, but at the same time, he was brought in, you know, in part because he was supposed to navigate the Russell Westbrook situation better than Frank Vogel did. And, and you know, to have the hard conversations, to make the tough decisions of bringing Russ off the bench, of benching him in crunch time when he hasn't played well. And thus far, um, you know, aside from that, that, you know, he played solid in Golden State, but the last two games have been awful. And, you know, Darvin has still gone to him in crunch time, and it's really hurt the Lakers' offense. So, um, you know, I think I'm interested to see how he approaches this Denver game and, and you know, they'll the likely practice tomorrow and, and we'll get a better sense of it. But, like, I would not be surprised if the Denver game, he, he's brought off the bench or at least has his minutes reduced because at this point, the Lakers are just losing those minutes. And um, I think, again, they, they don't have the margin for error where they can start, you know, zero and seven or, or whatever with, with the way the schedule is. Like, they got to start winning games. So, um, if that means Russ, you know, Darvin said it, he, he's not concerned with people's feelings. Well, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, the, the film supports it, the data supports it. Uh, and I even think kind of reading between the lines of what some of the players were saying, they kind of support it too, of like, it's time to make a change. And uh, I think we, we've seen enough through, through three games. Yoban Bua, the athletic, taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. So it's interesting, Yoban. You're, you're right on, first off, the time. If they waited through Thanksgiving – um, you're talking about basically 20 games of the season gone, so 25% of the season gone, which I, I'm I'm all for the don't make a trade just to make one. Make the right trade, or you know what, if 
if you're going to have to eat this year and, and let's just say hypothetically a trade never came down that they thought made sense, then you walk into next offseason with that, that, that space that Russ is off the books and you still have your picks and you take your chances from there. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but it just shows you how time is working against them because 25% into the season and the Western Conference and where the Lakers will be, that in itself just seems like an awful combination with part of the way the schedule looks. The other part about Russ coming off the bench, how do you think, and it's not, I don't want to sound, um, you know, I don't want to sound disingenuous on this, but I don't really care how Russ would feel about that, but how do you think Russ would react to that? Do you think, because this isn't just, Russ, if you want to prolong your career in the league, don't you have to show that you're able to adjust that, hey, you're going to be a team guy, whatever it takes. He's the one that said whatever the team needs me to be or needs me to do. But if, if Darvin Ham decided Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets, I'm bringing Russ off the bench, I'm going to play him 20 minutes tonight, and you know what? I'm not going to close with him. If I don't, th- if he's not having a good game, then I'm going to close with somebody that I feel like is going to help me win. How do you think Russ treats that situation? It, it, it's really a mystery. I think based on, on precedent, um, you know, going back to last season, he, he mentioned having back soreness uh, after not being used to sitting so long, which uh, I, I never bought because I'm like, you know, what, what are you doing at halftime? And, and what are you doing during, you know, like, uh, you know, there'd be stretches where he, he would sit, you know, end of first quarter into second quarter. And it's like, okay, well, that's an eight minute stretch. What, why is it different when you're sitting the, the final eight minutes of the game in the fourth quarter? And then, uh, of course, he had the the quote earlier uh, th- this season about you know absolutely that him coming off the bench played into his hamstring injury. Like you know that that stuff to me uh, just kind of indicates like he he's not really willing uh, or ready to come off the bench. And then I also think like um, you know, and I think this has been an ongoing thing really with him is like uh, he he had the 0 for 11 performance against the Clippers, and then he gets asked about his game and. Yes, he did play an impressive defensive game. He, uh, you know, he had the five steals and yep. a couple of those on, on entry passes to Kawhi. But like, you know, he, he says he, he had a solid game and and you know basically kind of defiantly uh, rejecting the premise of the question. And it's like, I think if, if he uh, you know, kind of showed a, a level of accountability and, and humility of, of saying like, hey, I'm not shooting the ball well right now. I got to play better. Um, I got to stay later after practice and, and get some shots up. Like I, I got to find ways to exploit teams disrespecting me by mm. putting seven footers on me and, and ignoring me. Like, I, you know, I, I got to figure this out, but even his quotes last night were, were, you know, I don't know what to do. And, that, and like, he just kind of, you know, just, just, and I know he doesn't have the best relationship with the media and I know there's been a lot of attention on him. So like, maybe that's part of it, but, I think something that would really endear him to Laker fans would be some level of accountability and acknowledgement of his poor play. And he's really never done that. Um, you know, I, I feel like you can count the time, the times on, on one hand that last season he, he took any level of accountability for his underperformance. So uh, I, I think for him, based on everything he, he says publicly and based on the way Darvin Ham handled the benching situation, um, it, it would indicate to me that this has been a consideration for them that, they, they, you know, they've been a little sensitive to like, I think everything about Russ screams, this guy cares about starting. This guy cares about his role and, and how many minutes he's playing. But if Darvin said it, you know, post game, I don't care about people's feelings. Like we, we got to start winning games. We, we got to make some changes. Like 
then that, that to me would indicate there really is no argument for keeping Russell Westbrook in the starting lineup. Again, the data doesn't support it. The film doesn't support it. And, you know, Chauncey Phillips was talking about, yeah, we just wanted Nurkic on him to, to ignore him. And, like, you got an opposing coach talking about when your players that way. Like, that is very detrimental. So, um, you know, I, I think I think there's a fear that, you know, I, I know with last season's coaching staff, there was a fear that, uh, you know, Frank Vogel refused to, to bring Russell Westbrook off the bench because he was nervous that that would, you know, they would lose Russ and, and um, it would kind of become this, this distraction and, and, and they weren't really sure how to handle that. So they refrained from doing that. But Darvin Ham has been empowered to do that. And it's now, I, I think, on him to, you know, follow through on that and, and do what's best for the team, which is bringing Russ off the bench and reducing his minutes. And, and you know, if he continues to struggle, you know, potentially cutting him from the rotation. Jovan, uh, it's an interesting, interesting storyline to say the least. I think the point that you just made at the end there about, you know, now it's up to Darvin Ham to make those decisions. I couldn't agree more. Let's see what he ends up doing. But I appreciate your time, buddy. I, I know uh, you've got great insight and uh, always appreciate you joining the show and, and giving some of that insight here to the to Laker fans. Thank you, man. It, it's crazy. We're, we're not even a week into this thing. I know. What already, the heck just happened here? The, the Three games in. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yovan, right, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right? All right. All right. That's Yovan Buha, the athletic. He's right. There were only three games in already. I already have a headache. Um, okay, Lake fans, final thoughts when we come back. Stay right here. If you want to uh, be a part of the show, I can try to squeeze in a couple calls. 877-710-ESPN. Lakers talk on 710-ESPN. Uh, thank you again to Jovan Buha, the athletic. Um, there was a, a report I saw. Was it earlier today? It might have been yesterday. Uh, this was on conversation. This is uh, Sham Sharania and the conversation on the Lakers still potentially having some. I want to read the exact here. Uh, still potentially having some interest in Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is over in uh, in Charlotte. And. I don't know, you know, what the latest is going to be or if the Lakers will end up uh, making some type of move in the next 30 days or something along those lines. But, um, you know, part of this report is that the Lakers have high interest in Hornets' Terry Rozier. It's funny because when I just started looking at the deal, I'm like, all right, Terry Rozier, what's this guy owed? Four years, $96 million left on his contract. I think they'd have to throw in another guy, just just not enough money there because Russ makes – uh, $47 million in this final year. So you can get a Kelly Oubre, who's $12.5 million. His contract is expiring. I think Gordon Hayward is $30 million plus another 30 next year. So you'd probably have to add something else to, to make those numbers work. Um, teams are going to try to, you know, th- this is the, the tough position that the Lakers are in. Teams are going to try to take advantage of the Lakers needing to do something in that situation, they're going to try to take advantage of it. And it's not just draft pick compensation. It's also they want to they want to clean their books out. So if Terry Rozier's got four years, $96 million left in Charlotte, like, well, we don't want that contract. They're going to try to throw it to the Lakers. And just Terry, Terry Rozier seemed like a guy that um, is going to come to the Lakers and all of a sudden everything's going to change. Not in my eyes. Uh, quick shout-out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Uh, make sure you visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We appreciate their partnership on the show. A um, couple things I'll, I'll just take away from this show and that conversation with uh, Jovan Buha. Um, I, I think what he said at the end there was it, it's up to Darvin Ham now to see what he can do and what he will do with Russ 
And I think the situation of bringing him, on, bringing him in off the bench, I love the idea. I think that's what you know we should have done to start the season. We'll see if he ends up doing that. But the, the, the noise isn't getting any quieter. Let's put it that way. Lake fans, always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz for helping out with the show today. And uh, if you miss any part of the show, just go to that ESPN LA app. You can catch everything there. I'll be back uh, on Wednesday. LA, have a great rest of your night.